0: Thinking three again. Missed one a few moments ago. There it is. And down it goes for his first NBA
1: hoop. I don't recall it today. You know, I just made it rain. Hold me back, fam. A below average
0: three-point shooter. There's Simmons. I got 50 biscuits. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pickswap podcast. I know it's been a while for me. Uh, but I'm very happy to be back with Sean. He, he had some guests over the last week or so to fill in, uh, which I listened to. They did a great job. So, Sean, how was the break? Now you're on spring break. So how was the break without me? How's your now your break from school? And, you know, you're excited for these next couple of Sixers games, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some, a long time, no talk. Obviously, a big event today. So uh, uh, a lot going down. Uh, happy to have you back, James. So let's get I appreciate get that, man.
0: I appreciate yeah. that, man. Before <laughs> we get started today, we do want to talk about our sponsor. You know, we've been, you know, we've all been pretty excited to be using BetUS and now we're getting a little bit more in depth. BetUS is the leading online sportsbook and casino in the market. They've been in the industry for around 25 years, currently expanding, which we're super excited to be a part of. BetUS now has parlays. So if you guys have been with us for a while, you know, we've been doing the Pickswap parlays, you know, over the last season or so. Now we're going to move over to BetUS. We're going to be able to do those a little bit more uh, in depth with BetUS, which we're really excited about. So make sure to use our code Pickswap at login. Uh, and you'll get your first time depositor with a great opportunities and make sure to keep an eye out on the Twitter and everything for the, uh, the picks parlays that we throw out there. So we're going to talk a lot about this game tonight. Obviously this is the main story. We've all been waiting for March 10th for the last month. Like, I it's right a month, right on the dot since the trade went down. Um, and this has kind of been circled on the calendar since, but to rewind a little bit, I want to talk. I haven't been able to talk about James Harden at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've missed all of that. So, I know, you know, the sentiment is there. He's amazing. He, he's, yeah, he's better than he's we awful. even thought, even yeah. thought he could be really. Um, and I just, I really can't even say enough how impressed I've been with the way that this team has played with him and the way that he's been able to um, just orchestrate everything. Um, I'm impressed, in, like immensely with the fact that he doesn't really take that many shots when he doesn't have to. He's fully in, invested in being a facilitator, fully invested in making sure everyone's getting the right shots at the right time. Guys like Maxi obviously has been incredible uh, since Harden's emergence here. Also, Niang and, and guys like Thibel. Uh We know Harris has struggled, but Embiid has still been just as good, if not better. So, you know, to kind of cover my basis here, this has been an amazing, you know, week or so uh with him being in the lineup that i haven't really gotten to talk about yet and i'm you know obviously I'm very excited for the future with this but really when i look at this this is the type of player that we kind of thought he, the sixers needed mm-hmm. um and it's amazing to watch it in action so i know that i i just didn't get a chance to say that before
1: yeah no 100 percent. i mean i think so far the early the early results from harden have been everything people have hoped for and more and just the way he's so artful and orchestrating an yeah. offense and creating passing windows and just the the way he goes about playing the game is so fun to watch, so stylistically pleasing to me. And you can see just the impact on this Sixers roster. And this was a thing, like, I kind of have been saying, but there were assists to be had on the Sixers team and just no one to get the ball there. And we're seeing the ball swinging around. I mean, Matisse is another example. I, I have an article coming out today just about the impact on him and how much his offensive game has improved under Harden. And that's just simply, like, because of James Harden being able to set him up for easy buckets. And it's the same way. I mean, you look at this Bulls game last night. Tobias Harris was the lone starter in single digits, but uh, everyone else across Niang, 14 points, uh, double digits for everybody. It's just like the the ball feels flowing. The ball's flowing around more. Everything's popping. Everything seems more fluid. We're seeing growth in like the two-man game between him and Embiid already. And there's just like... There's so much renewed excitement around this team. I feel purely because of what Harden is bringing to the team.
0: Yeah, I think excitement, but also to me, when I watch, like a sense of like calmness. I, I don't know if you feel yeah, that as well. Yeah. Like when when the ball is in his hands, I'm confident and I'm calm. Like I, there's no like oh god, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Like the way it was earlier this season, and you know, mb touched on it a lot. He doesn't have to work like ever as hard. We I mean, saw the game that he missed, that Harden missed and how poorly the team played against the Heat and, you know, how much Embiid struggled to get the ball and struggled to get things going. And, you know, the Heat are a good defensive team and they throw that zone out. It's, you know, it's it's something that the Sixers have struggled with before. But when you compare that to the games with Harden and how easy he's getting the ball and spots to just take advantage of his defender, I don't know, man. There's just, you know, and even when, the, you know, the Knicks and the, the, the two Knicks games, uh, they went on a couple runs and then James Harden was like, Nope, not anymore. I'm just yeah. gonna you know, hit a step back three. I'm gonna drive in the middle of the lane, get a floater. I'm gonna kick out for a three. Like, there's just, he brings a level of, you know, when the time is right, he knows when to score. He knows when to pass. He's, you know, there was a, the last game against the Bulls. He had, how many assists did he have? Like uh, 13? 14, 14. He could have had 16, 17, 18. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, there's been times where guys have just missed shots um and i mean that happens obviously that's the way that the game goes but he sets guys up so consistently uh that it's surprising when they don't make the shots and you know we've said guys like matisse have done a great job and that pick and roll to the dunk amazing awesome. Awesome. and it was like holy shit this is real basketball like this is you know what matisse can turn into um with a guy like that so again we can talk more definitely on the bulls game um what, what stuck out to you you know specifically about that game
1: Yeah, I guess, I mean, for the most part, I guess I'm a little surprised how, like, unenthusiastic I'm about it. Obviously, great win. Obviously, that there's still, like, to me, a lot to be desired. And this is a positive. I don't want this to come off as a negative. There's still a lot of room for improvement as far as, like, Harden and Embiid specifically playing together. Like, there was a couple plays. uh, There was one where Harden tried to hit him on a behind-the-back as Embiid cut that went out of bounds. Uh, Harden had three turnovers where he was trying to just squeeze in windows, stuff like that. And there were just moments where they were, like, Embiid and Harden specifically were a little off on like where Embiid, where he was rolling versus where the ball was coming. And I mean, it still ended Embiid had 43 points, 14 rebounds. <laughs> Harden had 16 points and 14 assists. So it's not like they played poorly and they obviously won by 15 points. So I'm not complaining at all. But to me, it's very exciting that like there's still that room for growth in the top level of this team between those two. And like, like I, I can't wait to see what that looks like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that is the most exciting and the most important part of this is that that relationship is just growing. And, you know, yeah. you see Harden after the game, running up the stairs. And, you know, part of me is wondering how much that is like, I know he's saying, if I don't do that, I don't get better. If I don't do that, I'm not the player I am. I know, and I love it. I Trust me, I love it. But I do wonder how much of that is kind of like a little bit of pandering and a little bit of like, look oh, at me, 100%. I'm working my ass off. I'm working my ass off here because I wanted to be here. Which, again, like I said, is amazing to see that he was putting that for us, like for the fans and for this team. It's amazing to see that. Uh, but it kind of seems like a little bit of a middle finger to Brooklyn and kind of like, you know, I wanted to be here, see that I'm, I'm this type of player uh, when, I'm in, when I'm invested and when I'm here.
1: Oh, yeah. He's been well on his best behavior, dotting every eye, crossing every T. And yeah. to be fair to James Harden, I really do feel like he is a bum rap amongst like the national media and the perception of who he is. Like, I don't think he is like the, middle finger bad teammate kind of guy like when you look at when he kind of lashes out or when he's had his moments it all like is because the team is not winning and i get like obviously he could have handled things better in both situations but in houston he was like the the one sole guy left of a a contending team that was built daryl morey had already dipped they had uh, all the talent around him had dipped and it was just him there to the point where he's like I want to go play for a winner. At this stage in his career, he's ready to win a championship. And it, I, to me, I, I will not get over how cool it is that he looked at Joel Embiid and said, I have a better chance pairing up with him to win a championship than I do with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And when you think about the time in Brooklyn, like with the amount of time that those guys missed, with Kyrie obviously out with his vaccine stuff, and uh, KD has been injured for a good portion of this year, it's pretty much hardened and scrubs in the same way that it was in Houston. So it's not, to me, it's justified. Why he would be upset about again, he could have handled things different for sure. But and also with the Kyrie thing, Kyrie being there or not impacted James Harden more than anyone else in the Nets in the offense, and specifically just what we've seen from Harden these past couple games, they could not be different play stylistically wise. Harden and uh Irving, like you see the way Harden wants to play as far as being a facilitator, setting guys up, creating looks for others. And Kyrie is such just like an ISO Hooper guy that that just doesn't quite mix. And I, I I get it from Harden's perspective. I'm happy for him to be here in Philly and I'm ready to watch him kind of rewrite his, his story for who he is. And so far it's been great.
0: Yeah, man. And like, again, you know, we kind of talked about it right when this trade happened or right when the rumors were happening um, and what Harden might be. And a lot of people were like, Oh, he's washed, blah, blah, blah. And we all kind of knew that that just like bitter people, you know making yeah. better statements. Um but this this really appears to me to be this CP3 uh to Phoenix type of move. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's not going to be yeah. yeah, he's not going to be the athlete that you know we've seen. He's not flying up for dunks. He's not, you know, doing all the crazy things anymore. But he's still breaking down defenders. He's strong as hell. He is strong. He's built like yeah. a linebacker and he just moves guys out of the way. Um and defensively that's really important as well. Because he hasn't been bad defensively, which I know is something that a lot of people, you know, he obviously gets a bad rep uh, in that aspect as well. Um, But, yeah, when you compare the way these two teams play, um, you know, letting him run the offense, which, again, we can talk about the impact on and I'm sure I know you have before, um, but allowing other guys to flourish off the ball uh, and him take full advantage of just being the facilitator and him, you know, openly saying multiple times, like, it's my job to get the ball to tobias to maxi to matisse to george to obviously joel um like that i don't know to me that just makes me very happy it's it's clear that he you know not only knows his role but like really wants to have that role um mm-hmm. and you can see it in games like with the bulls what do you have 16 points
1: yeah 16 points 14 assists for hard
0: like come on if you're I- if you're about even with points and assists. Like, we're not talking about the ISO ball bullshit anymore that, like, people really called him out for, which, like, it's clear that he's a much, much more of a player uh, than what was, you know, gifted to him, you know, as his reputation has given him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, there's something so refreshing about just the addition to the Sixers offense when like the shot clock is coming down, things break down, it's just the ball in Harden's hand, how it's just him on an island with the dribble between the legs and you know it's coming and he can still bang the step back three and just that addition, like there's no longer that like, oh shit, what are we going to do as the clock's running down kind of, which we've seen with the Sixers like a lot in the past, especially like dating back to these past couple of seasons, not even this year, like. That's just kind of been like a, a not a great area for them. And it's so cool to just have that like comfort blanket of just hard and going and getting a bucket. And like you said about the strength, it's so cool the way he like attacks the basket. Like you'll see him full out below and still find a way to like get a shot up around the rim. And he's just so crafty. And one of the reasons that like I'm not concerned about like his age and his decline is like, Harden's never been a guy relying on like his physical abilities for what he is. He's such like an intelligent basketball player, so crafty with what he does, that like those are what he relies on. That I'm not that worried if he like loses a step as like the years progress. And quick shout out, uh Tobias Harris, man. Like everyone is trying so hard to get this guy to fit in. Like, shout out Greg Milley for this tweet. Uh great follow on Twitter and the YouTube guy as well. Uh he, there was the clip after after the game where they asked to uh james harden he's like and, and tobias i mean what did he shoot tonight he pulls a statue he's like four for ten but uh he, he was so good defensively <laughs> it's like all these guys are trying so hard to make this like work and for him to fit in and i do feel bad for toby in some regard
0: uh there's so the, all right there's two things with tobias right now um one is he just needs to shoot when he's open yeah, because yeah. he's finding himself open and you know the pump faking thing that he does and he just needs to end i think it's just i think it's pretty simple i think he'd be um he'd find himself being more efficient offensively if he just like catch and shoot just catch and shoot just catch and shoot because you're gonna do that like if he played like george niang obviously he's more skilled uh than Mm -hmm. george and he can do more offensively than george uh but if he played in a similar role uh which is kind of what the offense is boiling down to like he's he's kind of the clear fourth option here um, yeah. At this oh, yeah. point, um, and I don't mind him not scoring that much. Like, I mean, eight isn't enough. Like, I would like to see him get to fourteen. Uh, if he was in that fourteen range, like, he's he's down the line. Like, it's it's Embiid, Harden, Maxi, you know, and then you, Matisse is playing really well. And I know you you just posted a video about it. Like, not that they're comparable <laughs> offensively, but you know what I mean. Tobias, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think right now he's suffering from like, you know, he's still being a, he's still a max player. Uh, I think people still want him to be uh, producing at a high level, but in the same time, he is now down the pecking order and his role is changing um, and he's molding into that. I think that he'll get there. I do think that this is probably his last season here, Um, but like, I think that with him being a professional uh, and taking this smaller role and if he can find a way to just be productive in that role and define it a little bit more clearly, I don't have a problem with that. And I think, You know, there's a lot of Tobias slander that's happened over like this year specifically. And me included, I've been uh, critical of Tobias. But I think if he's if he's a professional throughout this season and he's able to handle this role change um, and this minimal role uh, and defensively, if he's able to step up like I want to talk about the defensive, uh, you know, matchups tonight. Um, But if he's able to be a good defensive player, we need him to rebound a little bit better. Um, actually, a lot better. But like, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, if it, I think there should be respect given to him if he's you know willingly taking this role and being you know actively adapting, um, because it's it's important to this team's success.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, it's not an easy thing to do from Tobias' perspective to just like he was the number two option all until this hardened trade, and now has been like hopped by two guys because of. James Harden coming here and because of Maxie's just growth and what he's able to do, the freedom that he has on a basketball court. Now that's kind of a hard pill to swallow regardless of who you are. And especially for a guy who's been in the league for so long, who is well regarded as a vet and like, I do. It, it's not easy what he's going through and what he's doing. And I, I do feel bad for how critical things are. Sometimes at the end of the day, there's one ball. I don't really care who's scoring it. I don't really care where the points come from. As long as it adds up to more points, but, but more points than the other team scores, we should all yeah. be happy with that. And I think Toby kind of gets that it, again. It's not easy. Also, I just love George Niang, man. Like yep. uh, Nyang is like flying up the list of like my favorite play, or favorite like role players of all time. And just, he the way he just talks his shit, dances around, brings the energy. <laughs> I can't get enough George Niang, and he's been terrific, and he just lets it fly. I mean, four of seven from last night, That George Niang's ready to... Uh, it's such the opposite of Tobias in that respect, that he's just ready to <laughs> just sling it the second he gets it, and that little, like, kind of one-hand follow-through thing that he does. And <laughs> I don't know. I just love the guy. I'm so happy he's here. What a great signing this offseason, and it looks awesome next to Harden as well.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, we can say awesome signing. I think the perfect signing like the perfect addition for the perfect price uh george niang like he just is philadelphia he just is he gets the fans he gets the city he gets the like the mantra the way um and he's you know he he goes out he said he picks someone and he yells at them after he makes a shot he's fearless he wants to take the big shots i think he's been empowered by harden um in the way that harden's kind of told him like your job is to score from three. Uh, and you can't do that if you're, you know, bullshitting around. You gotta shoot threes. So, you know, get ten. Go go take ten yeah. and you're gonna make five. So, you know, that'll help us. So I I, I don't know. Like like you said, it's perfect. I just this is like the perfect player. Um, I do want to touch on his comments recently. I don't know if you saw them. Did you see them? Yeah, yeah. That he's gonna say he's gonna Yell at Ben. It's it's a funny it's a funny concept because I think he probably feels. I don't it, I don't know how to even say it. His he wasn't here like last year, obviously. Um, So th- there, he's never really been teammates with Simmons. He saw him show up that, you know, those two days or whatever it was. Very uh, weird ben was interaction
1: around. for a guy too. Like, I guess when we're thinking about from Yang's yeah. perspective, that's like a crazy way to kind of meet someone and to just see him. So I guess he does some saying it, I guess my point. There's that.
0: I mean, he, he probably feels slighted too, though. I mean, he probably sure. signed here thinking that Ben was going to be here or there was a chance that Ben was going to be here. Um, I also want to talk about Danny Green because it, – it, that whole thing is just. It, first of all, it's weird to me, and it, I don't. I don't like it. I think there's things that should be kept within, you know, the organization within the locker room. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's weird that he's kind of just like outing everything. Um, but Specific- anyway, uh, specifically, ahead, you yeah.
1: mean like the comments about how he said like we wouldn't, we didn't expect to get hardened in a trade. We knew Ben was getting traded. That kind of thing. Like we comments?
0: would talk. Ab- the everyone in the locker would room would about. talk about yeah. who we wanted or who we would take in a trade. Like. I don't know. There's some things that just seem sacred to the locker room and again. Maybe I don't know because I'm not there obviously. Uh but there's just things that seem I don't know. Yeah. It also just makes I think it paints the Sixers in a poor light uh in a way, but I don't know. Cuz that's a that's a whole different conversation. But to go back to Niang, he said he was going to point out Ben and, you know, kind of Yell at Ben and make and it he a point will. to. He will. Oh, and he, he will. will, and I can't. <laughs> I cannot wait for it. I cannot wait for it. The second he hits a three, he's gonna immediately turn around and just because he, you see him do that, like yeah, he'll hit he, a three and just immediately find somebody. I don't know who and just yell at somebody.
1: The the Heat game I was watching. So Niang shot one for seven from three in this game. After he hits the one, the camera cuts right to him, and he's pointing front row to a fan and just shut the blank up out of his mouth. <laughs> and I'm just like, I just love this guy. He doesn't care yeah. whatsoever how it's going. And I'm glad you're coming to the dark side on the, the whole Simmons situation as a whole as far as this. So it is going to be very interesting to see what happens tonight.
0: So, and here's the thing. So I was just watching. I, I was just watching ESPN uh, before we got on here, and I turned it off because it's miserable. Yeah. And it's a it's yeah. a shitty, shitty way um, for them to go about this because they don't really know. Uh, what's her name, M- Monica McNutt or Molly McNutt? I don't know if you know who this is, but yeah, uh, her and Brian winhorse who has been redeeming himself, let's be honest, has been the redeeming. He zone. was right all along. <laughs> uh, they were in the trade, the deal zone, I think they <laughs> the called it, zone, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was saying, like, he was talking about the situation and he was right, and then she was saying that you know. Ben defensively is going to provide more for the Nets than Harden ever did offensively. Um, And that then the Nets have more offensive firepower, even without Kyrie um, than the Sixers do. And he was laughing at her saying it's not 2014 anymore. LaMarcus Aldridge is not an all-star and Blake Griffin isn't an all-star and it's not who you think they are, but regardless Simmons is going to come in tonight. He's going to use this as a way to, I don't know, fulfill this grievance or prove that Sixers fans treated him poorly and let me go on record here because this is something I've been wanting to say and I've been having a hard time finding a way to articulate it in the best way Sixers fans Philadelphia fans will always get this this reputation of they're too hard on their players they're blah 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 they're rude they're mean they're aggressive whatever those those things all may be true but I'll tell you what Sixers fans, like a guy like George Niang, has never had the amount of love as a player as he gets from here. A guy like TJ McConnell, a guy like all these, Joel Embiid, you know, specifically, but a guy like James Harden. You come in here and you embrace this city, you embrace these fans, you embrace the grind that is a basketball season, and you're going to, that, that love and that heart is going to be reciprocated. Ben Simmons didn't do that ben simmons never did that and all the things that he ever outwardly did was all a a play it was all an act he did not give a shit and i hate to have come to that realization but it's true and he still does not yeah to not be on this road trip to meet the team in philadelphia just to sit on the bench to get booed through a tribute video to probably have obscene things yelled at you because you know that's the case because of what you did to this city, I think it's a little bit backwards for now. The national media is going to be able to twist this and say, Look how terrible everything is. That's going to bother me because he deserves to get booed. He knows he's going to get booed. Everyone knows that. But now the national media is going to twist that and make it look like he, you know, he's now going to be babied again. Oh my God, I can't believe they would treat him this poorly. He deserves it right now. I don't Mm -hmm. think he deserves, you know, saying terrible, terrible things about him is one thing, but, you know, the reception he's going to get is warranted. That's all I'm going to say. And it's just going to suck that the national media is going to twist that into, you know, look how bad, you know, he was right to leave. uh, He's justified and all this stuff because it's just not true.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Philly fans could give him a standing ovation tonight, which will not happen. And it still (sighs) would be be twisted. It would be funny, but it still will be twisted in like a way that, paints ben in like the sacred light and makes philly fans look bad and and at the end of the day the goal on his end is to just get his money back and now i can't i just can't see the mindset of anybody looking at this perspective and not thinking ben looks bad to some extent like i can't see i don't know how anybody can look at it and see ben is like the innocent party here and especially all the all the shit that harden got for how he demanded out of like brooklyn it's like uh, are we just brushing over the fact that this guy hasn't suited up for a fucking uh, for a game this season or done yeah. anything? And it's like <laughs> that—that's always been crazy to me. And then I, I just like—I hope nobody does anything like incredibly stupid tonight. Like I hope there's nothing thrown at them. I hope there's nothing there. They've beefed up security. There's going to be a playoff playoff level security, is what the Sixers say for tonight. Uh I don't. I don't. The tribute issue. The tribute video is interesting to me. Do you think he gets one, James?
0: Yeah, he will. I, yeah. I, personally, Jared Bayless I think, got one. Jared Bayless got one when he got traded to the Timberwolves. Like he's gonna get one. He,
1: I think you, I think the way the Sixers should do it is just lump them in with Curry and Drummond. I think you do one video for all three of them. Is I think the way you kind of dodge that, and frankly, I think Seth Curry and Andre Drummond are much
0: more deserving of the video. I think so. Here, here's what I'm gonna say. He, for the the five years he was here, four years he was here. You know, these the first couple years were amazing and it was awesome and he was you know growing into this savior of the franchise things obviously took a very 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 bad turn uh in the complete wrong direction uh and there has been some bad blood mutual bad blood between him and this city understandably that being said a guy like that gets a tribute video uh if he got traded last year uh and he came back to town he would get a tribute video just because of the way that things happened you know the Sixers PR still has to be Sixers PR yeah
1: uh, and especially with like the the magnifying glass on them because of all this looming legal stuff like I do think it makes sense to just treat it like treat it like these extenuating circumstances are not happening do it as you would normally so from the Sixers and I totally get it I I mean from my fan perspective and my like Passionate about it. It's it's is gonna drive me insane. And I also would not mind sprinkling in a couple like Hawks playoff highlights in that in that uh <laughs> tribute video, maybe a couple free throw line clips or something like that. <sighs> That'd be
0: brutal. <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, it's gonna be I'm assuming he'll get like an extended one, and then I'm assuming you know they'll there'll be a brief thank you for Drummond and Curry. Uh, and I'm sure they'll get fantastic ovations. For sure, for sure. Which yeah. I think should be highlighted. Mm -hmm. because Andre Drummond was here for half a season and people loved him. Like think about a guy like Dwight Howard, like the the, kind of the list I was going through earlier, like a guy that played in LA and got shit on a guy that played all over the place and no one liked Houston. Nobody liked him. He came here and he was, you know, he was, when he did something good, even when he was just hyping it, like people loved him here. Andre Drummond, the city hated him. He came here, he did one good thing and the city loved him and he'll probably be loved here for, you know, we'll look back on him fondly. Uh, yeah same with Seth Curry is. Seth Curry was same like
1: bouncing around the league couldn't really find a home he's probably one of the more like well-liked like Sixers like on this roster as far if you took, cut back to before the trade I think he's probably up there in like the the top top four or five most like players on the team yeah. there's just like a lot of guys that really like Curry and for good reason like he is a guy that like brought something to the team played hard he obviously had his uh limitations on what he could do and the a trade obviously worked out how it did but like he's a guy that absolutely will be remembered finally and i'm happy he kind of rewrote his career in philadelphia
0: yeah he i mean he he became more of a player here i think uh his in role Ever. was expanded obviously too but then you look back at jj reddick just last week when he did the uh he was on espn and he was doing the yeah. game in philly ridiculous. and <laughs> he, <laughs> he got a little of a ovation for himself which like I wish he stayed. I wish there was a little bit more of like, I wish he finished his career here. That would have been cool. Um, but like, there's love for JJ Redick and vice versa. And he said, literally the two best years of my career. So like, I think there's just so, there's so many, there's like an overwhelming amount of good um, examples that you can use for this. And I just, I'm just going to be pissed. Like, I'm not even, obviously I'm looking forward to the game. I think the Sixers are going to win and we can really dive into this in a second. Because I do, the Sixers are a better team right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I agree. I just think it's going to get twisted and turned and the they're not going to talk about the game. They're not going to talk about what happened for the next week. All they're going to talk about is everything else that wasn't on the court. And and that's Ben Simmons in a nutshell right there.
1: Yeah. Very very well put. I mean, it's frustrating. I'm very ready for kind of just like to get this over with to an extent and get I mean, Simmons might start playing after this. This was a game like I don't think there was ever a chance he played in regardless of what his camp said or what was put out publicly and whatever we can say about the back issues or the issues ramping up to ready to play, whatever. There was never a world in which Ben Simmons comes into the Wells Fargo arena as an opposing player and plays after setting out the entire season as a, a member of the Sixers. And yeah, I mean, he knows exactly what he's doing. It's for sure worse to be coming here on the bench and just take it rather than like, go out there and play. And also some very interesting comments from Kevin Durant, who is comes from a very different like mental space than Ben for sure. in the way his outlook is and him saying how Ben's a grown man, like he can take it on his own. Nobody can hold his hand through it. And then he's also like, I live by the mindset like you can get booed for whatever, every bucket I can get is a chance to shut them up. And that's how like, he kind of needs to think too. And that's just not how Ben Simmons works. That's not how he picks. We're very aware of that. And, He's ready to come pad his legal case by just taking a couple booze tonight.
0: Yeah, uh, the the comments by KD were interesting. And the comments by KD, to me, like if Ben embraced that, I mean, Kevin Durant has completely embraced the heel, uh, the villain aspect of being a basketball player uh, and kind of the I don't give a shit uh, type of way of living. And to a degree, I like that. I like that from KD. It used to be really annoying. Uh, but now it's kind of like you know he is Kevin Durant at the end of the day, but that's the thing—he's Kevin Durant. Uh, he's going to yeah. go down as probably a top ten player of all time, uh, top three offensive player of all time, probably. Um, and Ben Simmons is not that, so it's it's definitely a different uh, way of going about it. And I don't know, I don't I don't even know what to say. I mean, he was like, uh, people are so miserable that they'll, they're willing to go and and yell at ben simmons and it's yeah. just like it's just diff- i think that's a little bit um naive uh, same thing with kevin durant like he thinks oh there's people in oklahoma city that were so miserable about their lives that they would turn around and just like yell terrible things at me it's like well there there's a reason uh it's not like they just showed up out of the blue and yelled at you you, you did something uh yeah, it and I think that, yeah i think there's like a way of looking at it i think a lot of people can look at it oh it's basketball it's a job it's much more than that. And anyone that's played a sport knows that it's much more than that. And when you do shit like this, there's I don't want to say repercussions, but things happen because of what you did. And, you know, if you think that these people are just miserable about their lives and, you know, they they just need an outlet to get their anger out. I think that's naive to say. And I think that's a little bit ignorant um, because a lot of people put stake in this. A lot of people pay money to go see these games. A lot of people bought jerseys. A lot of people have lifelong connections to these teams. And when they support these players and they turn their backs on them, there's, you know, way, the people are going to feel a certain type of way. And I think that's fair, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Do you think there's any interaction between Embiid and Simmons no. tonight? Yeah, I no, don't absolutely,
0: absolutely not. I, I think Ben is sitting as close to the tunnel as possible. Uh, when clocks hit zeros, he's gone. He's not going to say, who is he going to talk to? Yeah. There's not I, I think that want to talk to him. I think Simmons could directly
1: walk up to Joel and Joel still walks right by him. And I think Joel a hundred percent is right in the situation. And uh, I will, however, Joel decides to react. I will ride or die with him a thousand percent. And I, I hope there is a, I'm sure he will kind of make some comments. I expect post game will be the the time. Joel says a little something. Cause it's kind of the, this is kind of where we're getting over the, this is kind of the end of the drama in my mind, in a way like after tonight, after the, the Nets Sixers game, where, Ben doesn't even play yet so I guess we still have that hoop to jump through but I feel like this is the extent of Ben's time in Philly is over over we're moving on
0: yeah and that was the thing though and kind of the reason why I wasn't like terribly looking forward to this game is just like I felt like this was finally done uh I felt like we were finally started talking about the Sixers again like we were talking about the way this team looks and the way that Harden's playing with them and the way that everyone looks like they're playing so well uh and right as we start cresting uh this storyline it just finds a way to come right back um so i don't know i'm i just want it to be over like kind of like what you said i, I think we're kind of getting there uh, but tonight's just going to be uh, like an all-time shit show i think it's going to be like it's going to be a classic and it's probably going to be what people look back on and say wow like that was insane um tickets are going for like 800 like up like up yeah. up like nose please and people are talking about spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars uh, on this game so let's talk about the actual game though because i wanted to talk about the defensive matchups a lot uh, mm-hmm. my assumption is that matisse will start on Kyrie, um mm-hmm. maxi on curry and does bruce brown start for them i assume if he does harden will be on him yeah. and then tobias will be on kd and yeah, then whoever you know whoever's in and then like, and
1: Embiid likely yeah uh yeah that all sounds right to me i mean i i think they need to, um, and this was one of my biggest criticisms of Seth Curry, which I, I yes, is defensive end. Like that's kind of where I I got my point and why I was open to trading him. Why I wasn't didn't see him in the long term plans of the Sixers team. The Sixers should attack Seth Curry defensively every single possession. And if Maxie's the guy he's guarding, they should absolutely do that. A Thirty-five. Of the time. Yeah, Maxi will go for forty-five. If that's the case. You're <laughs> absolutely right. There's zero chance Seth Curry has the athleticism to stick with Maxi or just the skill and. Uh, if that's the matchup, which I, I, I could see them trying to put uh, Curry on Matisse as the way I think there's still ways that the Sixers can exploit that as far as cutting pick and, and roll. just lobs, pick and roll 100%. So Curry's the, the guy I have circled on the Nets roster for where the Sixer point of attack should be offensively. Uh, I hope they take advantage of that to the full extent. And I, I definitely think there's uh, points to be had there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say that as well. I mean, Kyrie. Also, um the, the Sixers have size here. The Sixers have uh you know, when you talk about Tyrese, physically speaking, he's not like the most imposing, uh, but he will keep with Curry. You know, they're about the same height. He'll stick with him uh defensively, and Curry can't do that to him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who is Kyrie gonna guard? Uh is Kyrie gonna guard like cause then you had to pick is Kyrie gonna stay on Maxi and then uh Curry might go on Matisse. Then you just go pick and roll if Curry's gonna switch on to Harden, you know field day we're talking about you know wide open buckets um when you talk about pick and roll with drummond i know again we talked about we like drummond a little bit uh he can't he can't hang unfortunately for him he just he can't Uh, especially when you're you're bringing him 30 feet from the basket and asking him to hang with either Embiid out there or harden uh that's rotisserie chicken too so (laughs) i think i think offensively the sixers have a, a really solid advantage and like we've talked about before Uh, With Matisse, obviously, Harden's an improved defender. Tobias has been playing all right defensively. Uh, And with any team with Joel Embiid is going to be solid defensively. So, I don't know. I predict a win tonight. And and a fun, a fun win. Uh, One that I will relish in for sure.
1: 100%. I think this is a game Embiid and Harden each are going to come in pretty locked in, pretty ready to play uh, with the mindset of like, we're not losing this game. We all have something to prove here. And Harden specifically, I think this will be a little bit of uh, his game where he's yeah. like a like forget what you guys thought about me like this is still who I am as yeah. a player. Watch me, watch me dime over here. Watch me. I'm sure we'll hit a couple step backs today. And there's a lot I'm excited for tonight. This is definitely up there in one of the all-time, I guess, most anticipated regular season games. And I mean, you can feel the energy surrounding it already. Uh, all the clips of them walking in the 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 to the Fargo Center and everything going on already. So I'm excited. I, I do think the Sixers are gonna watch them tonight, and it's gonna be fun to watch.
0: Uh, Harden 2020 game. That's what I'm gonna call it. He's gonna have 20 points, 20 assists. Could you imagine? I like it, I like uh, it. It's one of those things, though. I think he's gonna. There's definitely. I mean, and aside from the Simmons, uh, drama, there is some bad blood there too. Like obviously, KD is sour about the way that things went down. Kyrie, obviously, Harden too. doesn't like Kyrie. Yeah. Um. There's a lot. There's a lot going on here. Uh, and I'm sure the NBA is loving it. This is oh, yeah. like we said this before. Uh, no reality show has ever done it the way that the NBA can do it. Uh, and specifically the 76ers. So before we close this out, there's been some ongoing rumors recently, uh, and some interesting ones, uh, Bradley Beal has not signed an extension is out for the rest of the year because he had wrist surgery. Um, the wizards are in a weird spot and there's been some rumors that he may want to come form a big three slash big four, uh, in philadelphia is that something one you see happening and two what would that look like
1: um so i guess the, just bluntly answer is no uh i mean i get the the wow appeal and like the i guess like thought process between like bradley beale james harden and Joel Embiid would be by far the best big three in the nba that's for sure a super team and i get like the the wow factor of what like a title contender that is personally i'm way more on the fence of extend harden ship off toby for role players find guys that compliment complement these two specifically and also there's zero world where i'm okay with risking losing tyrese maxi and tyrese maxi is already on the brink of establishing himself as like the third star on this team this kid's still 21 years old and when you think about like the long-term planning of this team and how the money works out like tobias is uh, contract ends right when Maxie is going to be due for the long-term extension. Which to me, that's very clear. We hand him the max deal. We we keep this rolling. Uh, I, Bradley Beal. I'm not willing to risk losing Tyrese Maxie, and I just love everything about this kid—the way he plays, the energy he has, the positivity that he just exudes—and I'm not willing to risk that for Bradley Beal, who I legitimately have like concerns about—a guy who has some losing attitude, has some like there's things like he's obviously a terrific scorer, a terrific basketball player very good is is being wasted in Washington but I don't know if Philly's the place to free him like uh, and especially considering how things blew up in Brooklyn when we think about James Harden and that big three we I feel like there's a good thing going right now I'm not ready to kind of risk that going south for Bradley Beal
0: yeah I think I agree with you um when I think of what this team needs it's bradley Beale doesn't come to mind you know yeah. what i mean um i would love like if there's when i'm thinking of like archetypes i'm thinking of cam johnson um i'm thinking of a, a guy like that a guy that's going to play great defense that's going to space the floor uh and when you're thinking about replacements for tobias harris you want to ship him off whatever it may be you have probably to attach a pick to him and then you have some space going into this offseason uh something we can do later down the line is talk about the, the upcoming free agents and who might be available and what you can do with that money. Um, but when I think about this team, like you said, Tyrese Maxey to me is option number three right now. Um, and as James Harden ages, like we've talked about, um, I think Maxey is his offensive output is going to continue to increase. So like you said, I, I think when you're looking at big picture here, Bradley Beal doesn't like. His impact is obviously massive, but here I think it'd be minimized and t- the money you'd have to pay in the situation you put you in, I don't think is worth it um, in the long run. He's also not yeah. young. Um, I don't know how, like, it's obviously win now for everyone. um, But, and I think, I think Maxi is safe. I think, I think Daryl Morey is infatuated with the way he plays and what he does and, and for all good reasons. Yeah, as he should. Uh, yeah exactly as he should so um i'm glad we're on the same page with that so and i think there's a lot of guys out there to be had that you know fit this team a little bit better uh than bradley because i mean you're gonna look for a four you don't need another guard um and you know i think the idea is to keep matisse in that three spot and hopefully continue to grow him offensively because he's been shooting better as well uh and he's getting wide open looks yeah so there's that and then if you can get a guy that spaces the floor plays good defense and rebounds at the four i think that's where you find yourself as a really really complete team so and i, and I think there are options out there
1: yeah I, I mean i expect these rumors to kind of continue i'm sure there's going to be more things popping up i mean the positive look of that is philadelphia is now a landing spot the team players should yeah. want to play with james Harden and joel and so that's a good sign
0: and tyrese uh, maxey
1: and tyrese maxey for sure uh, the franchise. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's the positive spin on it is like, it's cool that the things have shifted from why can't we get a guy here to now players might want to come here. So, that is yeah. the positive sign. Personally, I'm not a guy that's going to be banging on the door for Bradley Beal. If it happens, it happens. I'm not like firmly against, but I just, you have to really plan out how you're about to do it. And I I just don't have a lot of faith in that raising the, the ceiling of this franchise as much as I think a lot of people do.
0: Yeah. Brad Beal, to me, this situation kind of feels like, um, you know, the Sixers were courting him. He was a pretty girl. They were trying to get him, and he kept denying, no, 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 no. Yeah. But now the Sixers got a girlfriend, and now Brad <laughs> yeah. Beal's like, I want to be, I want a little piece yeah, of that. So, me? yeah. So you know, nothing's better than turning that girl down. So you know, maybe they're turning, they're turning down Brad Beal. Uh, <laughs> but that's a, that's a story for another day. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. The Sixers, Sean, check out. Uh, you know, let them know about your your show tonight. I guess we'll get this out. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, for anybody, uh, we'll be doing a live show in Franklin's Pub. Me and a couple of Philly Sports Network guys. So Zach Chavalella AB, Justin Crosby, all guys that have been on the pod. So uh, if you're not doing anything, want to boo Ben Simmons in a place where you can't be uh, legally uh, liable for it, <laughs> come through. Uh, have a couple of drinks, have some food, and come say what's up.
0: Yeah, man, that'll be awesome. I'm going to try to make my way through there, too. So we'll see. Maybe I'll be uh, able to say what's up as well. Um, but for us today, we're going to close it out. You can follow Sean at Sean underscore Bernard one. Follow me at JSPRAIN17. Follow the pod at Swap Pod. Check out the YouTube. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure to check out BetUS. Use our code PickSwap, And we'll talk to you guys after the Sixers beat the Nets.